Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. Welcome to the hideout of the Green Hood. We would like to invite you to all that is ours. Will you be part of the Green Hoods? Will you help our cause? I would like to do a trial period where we help you and then we will consider your offer. And all of a sudden, a glowing circle shines in the grass around each of you. Three tents shoot up from the outline of each individual circle, cutting you off from one another and trapping you inside. And you turn to see Marion enter. Leaning forward, she gestures for you to join her. Let's begin. As Marion eagerly gestures for you, Penny, to take the seat across from her, your head begins to feel a little light. Your hands slightly tremble as they reach for something, anything, and the first thought that coherently crosses your mind is that Marion's normally vibrant red hair looks like a loaf of honey wheat bread in this dim lighting. You look around, searching for who might have lit a fire in this tent. It's so warm all of a sudden enough to turn your forehead glossy with sweat. And yet, your fingers still tremble as if cold as they grip the wooden chair hard enough to make it creak. Penny, what are some of, what's going on in your mind? What are some of your inner thoughts or dialogue that's happening right now? So Penny is, Penny is standing there just immediately, just hands like dripping with sweat. Complete, just the most uncomfortable possible. Just every sense is just absolutely prickling, completely just aware of everything that's happening. Um, she is thrown that Marion is looking different than she expected. She's th- just uncomfortable that she's been separated. Nothing about this feels good. Nothing about this feels like what I expected to be good, right? These, they were, it seemed like she's so thrown because Robin and Marion seem to be so upfront and honest, but nothing about this exact moment is making her feel that way. Nothing about this feels safe. So Mm. she does not sit in the chair. She just continues to grip it and trying to appear calm, but trying to keep an eye on every part of this tent to figure out what's going on. Kimmy, I would like you to make a wisdom check. Well, I rolled an 18 plus what's a 19. So right now, in this immediacy of the moment, you know, you're gripping the chair, you're refusing to sit down. You are having just this a reaction that is bringing out all this anxiety in you and you're hyper aware of your surroundings, um, but you're finding it hard to truly focus and all you want to do is just escape and get out of there. And that's kind of overriding 
all of your other coherence, logical thoughts that you're used to relying upon. And so when you look at Miriam again, you notice that her mouth is moving and her face looks calm, but the words are hard to hear and they're just like buzzing. And so you see her once again gesture to the seat in front of you, but the more you don't respond, her brow seems to furrow um, in what could be either confusion or even concern. But that looks weird because a person who is threatening you shouldn't have concern on their face. A person who's trapped you shouldn't be rising up now and coming to your side and rubbing your back. And you hear finally through a little bit of that buzzing, Penny, Penny, can you hear me? Penny, what, what's wrong? Are you all right? Penny, Penny just stays there frozen. Penny, Penny's having a hard time being present because Penny keeps seeing something that happened to her when she was much younger, when she would get in trouble and she wouldn't do what was asked of her in her former um, life. She w- there was often um, like a small room that like uh, her or other kids would be kept in. So that's why she's just feeling so panicked right now is she's just immediately back in that st- cold stone room. She's immediately isolated from the other people that made her feel safe and feeling wildly, wildly uncomfortable. So she's trying to leave that room and come back to the present, but it is taking her a minute. I want you to make another wisdom throw. I got 12. So as soon as you feel Marion come to your side and, you know, start to tentatively like rub at your back in what normally would be a consoling manner, but this just doesn't fit. It's not adding in your head. You're having these images of, of you much younger, much smaller, much colder, much more scared as well. Um, and the adult looming over you before you're left in this room alone is not rubbing your back, but pushing you. And so you kind of stumble forward past this chair. And the only thought in your head repeating over and over again is, I've got to get out. I've got to get out. But you can't get out of this space. And so you do the next thing that almost is instinctual. You have to get out of your skin. Yeah, Penny immediately backs into a corner and like just puts her hands over her face um, and is just breathing and then slowly pulls her hands back and just sees uh, that they're no longer they're no longer normal colored. And she just starts seeing all of her feet are slowly and surely just start bleeding this bright, bright purple pink. It slowly just starts traveling over all of her features and all of her. It's like basically (laughs) all these features just become dyed in this color. And she just looks at this and looks at Maria and just says, shit. Miriam immediately just drops down to her knees so that she's at the same level as you. And from her vantage point, she sees your hair, your skin, everything about your person has turned this bright shade of fuchsia. And it's almost as if the features on your face are shifting back and forth in almost this static, Uh, you know, shifting from young to old, male to female bestial even, to elven, to goblin-like. And it's just this maelstrom of features until finally it settles back into what we know as Penny. But still, the bright fuchsia color remains. She slowly inches towards you, hands out, palms facing you, in a sign of complete surrender, and says, Penny, you need to look at me right now. Penny, focus. 
What are five things you can see around this room? List them for me. Just simple things, five things. What are five things you can see? Okay. Okay. I can see you, who's still a little too close. A little too close. Okay. I see you. I see these canvas walls. I see I see the grass. I see this wood chair. And I see my see my damn skin still is not doing what it's supposed to do. Every every time. It's not work it never it doesn't work anymore. Okay. That's good. That's good. All right, Penny. What are four things that you can hear? I can hear the wind. Good. I can hear birds. I can hear Friar Tuck's dogs far away. Wow, you're good at that. We're very, we're connected now. Um, hmm. I can hear my own breathing. Okay, great. What are three things you can touch right now? What are three things you can feel? Mm-hmm. I can feel my own heartbeat. I can feel the grass beneath my feet. I can feel these walls behind me. You're doing great. Now tell me. What are two things that you can smell? I can smell the grass I've stepped on. It's broken. Mm -hmm. I can smell the earth that's been churned up from the different games. And what's one thing? What's one thing you can taste? I I ate a lot of jalapeno poppers, so still got that a little bit (laughs) in my my teeth. But um, yeah. That's great. That's great. You're breathing a little steadier now. I can see that. I'll stay where I am. You notice that your palms are shaking less and less, and the color returns back to its normal state. Is that better? A little bit. You have nothing, nothing to be ashamed of for that, Penny. That You were mentioning that it's not working as it should. Your body was just trying to help you. It was trying to go into overload to protect you. I'm not exactly sure what I just saw, but that is part of you, and that is not something that we need to erase. However, what I'm just doing with you, I've done a couple things that are called grounding exercises, and these are something that I can regularly help you with. Is this a problem that you've been having? Not often. I haven't pushed it often. This, this has been a problem for a few months now. It, it happened after, after, something, after something bad happened. Uh, the thing that made me leave my last life. It, something happened, and now I can't, I can't do what I've always done. I can't, I can't change. I used to, I'm a changeling, and it's always been the most valuable thing about me, it's always been my best skill set. It's always been the thing I can do the easiest. And then something happened, and that's not the case. And now every time, anytime I try to change whatever, I'm stuck in this form, and I can't, ugh, I just can't get out of it. And this, this is not who I am, though maybe it is now. But I am no longer able to change. I'm no longer able to be who I am. I'm stuck like this. And anytime I try to change, Turn that horrible color fuchsia and I stick out like a sore thumb so it's not even useful. Yeah, it is quite a noticeable color. I'll give you that. You know, why don't we just stay on the grass here? 
screw the chairs, I'm fine with this. And she just like plops down on the grass, staying still like a respectable distance from you. Do you want to be in the current form you are? You seem really bothered by it. No, I don't want to look like this at all. This is from, this is from the last job I did. This is from the last thing. And it was, it was the, it's the worst night of my life. And I'm stuck looking like this all the time from that moment, just constantly being reminded of that moment. And I hate it, but there's nothing I can do about it. So I move on. I left. I live a different life now. And it's the best I can do until I figure out how to fix this. Well, first of all, Penny, I guess you could say I have a certain skill set that might help you fix that. What we just went through, these grounding exercises, there's, there's more than that. It's, it's my whole area that I have studied over and over again. But it doesn't have to be the final say for you. And it's something I'm willing to work with you for to... to become comfortable in the skin you're in, both literally, I guess, and metaphorically speaking. But I want to give you a sense of control over yourself that it seems like you are just striving for, if you'll let me. I mean, what we did back there, that was nice. I was, I was having a panic attack. There's, there's a difference between helping me calm down and then fixing something that's broken, which is clearly I'm broken. What makes you think that some breathing exercises is going to solve something that, that snapped? Maybe because it's not just that. It's not just those breathing exercises or other techniques to ground you. That helps in the immediacy. But I'm talking about longer term work. I'm talking about something where you and I can strive together to get to the root of maybe what is causing this. And... I have no idea what it could be. I'm not even pretending to already have the solution in my hands. But I do believe that I can give you the proper tool set so that it's not you depending upon me. It's you feeling comfortable enough with yourself and enough to trust yourself and the people around you. Because really, it it seems like what you're running from is not something you can run from. It's not something you can physically distance yourself from. And she kind of like looks at you very closely and cocks her head. Am I right in guessing that the face you have right now is connected to the accident that is causing this to glitch? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Then I can only guess at how much even whenever you've had to look at your own reflection that there's a little trauma happening. And if you have that repetition of trauma, it just circles back on itself, like a snake eating its tail. If you will let me, I want to help you. When I brought you in here, I know what I'm seeing is the result of feeling trapped. You are not. You're free to go anytime you want. But what we're doing right now is I have to make sure that you guys are people that we can trust as well. Robin just wants to let anybody in, right? She says, the more the merrier. But I've seen her be burnt so many times. I need to make sure that we can trust you guys, and this is a good way of me getting to know you on really a mental level. It was one thing to, like, trust you enough to, like, help you guys, right? That was, that was hard. This is, this is personal stuff. I, 
I guess I'm just asking the same question I've been asking all week, but why should I trust you? Why should I trust that? You're not just going to manipulate me or use it. You already know way more about me than anyone else here does, which I don't love. I didn't intend anyone to figure this out. Not even Awen and Bertram? No. They didn't need to know. It's fine. It was fine. I had it under control till somebody locked me in a tent. <laughs> I guess my question for you is, why should I trust you to do what's best for me in this circumstance? Penny... You've built up walls around yourself, and you've made those walls very clear the moment we met you. And you think that the barbs on that wall are on the outside trying to keep people out. You're piercing yourself over and over again from the inside because the barbs are actually hurting you. This tent isn't trapping you in. The opening's actually just over there. But in your panic, you failed to see the seam in the opening because you're so worried about closing up cracks for yourself. You can leave this tent, but do you really want to abandon yourself right now? Do you want to really abandon the opportunity to help so many other people? And yes, you have, it seems like, reason after reason to not trust us. Because it sounds like you see groups with leaders and a common goal as only leading to backstabbing and manipulation. We can only show you that over time. And I'm happy to honor what you originally asked for, which is a trial period. But you've got to open up, especially to those who so clearly care about you. Penny looks over her shoulder to see the scene where she could have left. She <laughs> shakes her head, a little annoyed at herself. I tell you, life at adventuring is hard, and you know you walk a lot, and you have to fight. I tell you, you've got to do emotional work. They left that out. A lot of them leave it out, and it doesn't look good once they're done adventuring. I keep telling myself I've got this under control. I clearly don't. I can't imagine, particularly if we're trying to help you guys, trying to save Crusoe. We're not going to get in some scrapes. This might start happening again, and I can't. I can't let this be the reason someone gets hurt. I can't let this be the reason I can't let this be the reason I get hurt. So I'm willing to let you help me. I ask in humility that you be patient with me and you let me tell my story to other people when I'm ready. Not force it. You can encourage, but give me a little time. Understand, understand that this is a big step from where I'm coming from, and this is going to be a little tricky. Of course. Trust isn't easy. Your story means yours to tell. And if anything, if we've made this clear over and over again, your story belongs to you. Nobody else gets to change it, rewrite it, or even share it out when it's nothing that you want shared in the first place. Do I personally believe Bertram and Awen deserve to hear about this? Yes. But I'm not going to tell it for you. Wouldn't it be nice if they knew about this after this whole problem was gone and then I could just shift whatever I wanted super normally in a really helpful way, not in a super annoying, vulnerable pink way? Of course. But I can tell you that the longer you go and all of a sudden you shift in front of them, the more of a trauma it's going to be for them. Trauma's such a strong word, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> Perhaps it's a strong word, but it is something that is truth. I hear you. She reaches out her hand towards you. As she stands up, she catapults you forward so that you can stand as well. Thanks. Let's go out and see the others. So now we shift over to yet another tent, and in here we see you, Awen, and you're, you are still drunk. You are still drunk. Um, so you have, the last thing you remember was just like, you were feeling pretty good. You got this cool wand that you have already used one of the charges on it to turn your friend Bertram into this sparkly being of an... <laughs> Uh, and now, you know, you look down, there was a glowing circle and a tent shot up around it. And now you're in a tent by yourself with two chairs in it. How are you feeling? Tell me, tell me what, what drunk Awen is doing in this tent alone. He's been in there by himself for about 20 minutes or so. 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's, he's like, he's either... You know, he kind of made like a bed out of like two chairs and his legs are like sticking out of one side and, and like, <laughs> you know, like his back's not really supported, but his, you know, shoulders kind of are. He's he's either doing that or maybe just like laying on the ground. He's definitely okay. laying down. He definitely he was very, I like, I like the very idea. drunk. Yeah, I like the idea of like you kind of just between the two chairs with. Because you're you're a tall elf, you know you're you're this you're this tall dude, so you're you're sticking out your feet through the latching of the back of the chair. You hear this rustling and kind of like turning over your shoulder. You see, and you, upside down as well because you're laying and just how you are. You see Marion coming in, and she's holding a steaming mug. And seeing you, she kind of just chuckles to herself, comes on over, like, Awen. And she kind of nudges you with her knee. Awen, drink this. No, I, I don't want any more. No, I don't. I don't want any more. I don't need any more. I'm so. You do need this. No, if, I'm if three sheets to the wind th- out here, man. I don't. I don't. Awen, Awen, if we're it. going to do this, I need you, you in your right mind. I don't. Please drink this. Well, you you didn't even tell me what it was. <sighs> what is it? It's half my special woman? antidote. To- Oh my gosh, no, it's even better than a hair of a dog. It's just meant to be an antidote to this mental state you're in right now. Please, is it anti-drunk? for the love of all that is holy, take me not drink drunk. it. Take me away the drunk? All right, well. Yes, it will take you away the drunk. Is it hot? Is it too hot? Is it too hot? Did you blow on it? Do you, you want me to blow on it? Would you? No, it's better if you do, and she extends it so you can... Oh, and am I am I like not drunk anymore? Yeah, so you feel like just this warm sensation, and and it's like a very cozy taste to it. What what's one of what's one of Awen's favorite flavors? Oh, butterscotch is one of his all time faves. Anything that's like oh, kind okay. of warm, caramely. Mm, you know, okay, so this is a warm, nice, hot butterscotch drink. And so as it slides down, you get this cozy feeling and it spreads out through the rest of your body, just rating top to tip. And so you are just feeling more so and then just like a, a pop and your head is clear. Your your tongue is no longer loose and you don't feel so heavy anymore. 
Well, what an experience that was. I have to say I haven't been that inebriated in quite some time. Uh, what a challenge. And I think that I, what, why are we in a tent right now? I, <laughs> I think maybe we better back up about 30 minutes from now because I did ask for your consent for something and you were drunk. So I think it's only right that maybe I ask you again. You and your team won the competition. You got that All right. shiny new wand that you're holding in your left hand still. Did I? Did, did, I, did I hit Bertram with this? You did. He, he <laughs> look, good job. He looks fabulous. Please don't use it. You oh. only now have three charges left in that thing. Well, so wait, wait. There's only. It's limited. Uh, yeah, oh, it's it's well. it's a new it's a new prototype from <laughs> from right. the Swiss family. So you wanna you wanna hold on to that baby. But right. uh, we asked you guys to join us, and you agreed. Even even Penny conditionally, but each of you agreed to join the Green Hoods. Penny agreed. She said she'd give it a run, a, a decent trial run. You and Bertram were quite. Effusive in your support of it. Well, I so. was pretty intoxicated, so I got to tell you. Um, mm-hmm. So Penny, Penny's in, and she's in. Penny's in, and, Bert, and Bertram also. I mean, Bertram's down. We we know Bertram. <laughs> uh, wow. Once we guaranteed him his own green hood that he could design, I'm sure that was just. Oh. The, <laughs> Did he tell you about stitch. the Featherfoot? The Featherfoot family. And about all his, uh, yes. about his shoes and his, his old. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's quite wow. impressive. Wow. Well, look, I do, I do like what you got going on here. And, uh, you know, I did, I did talk to Tuck and he, he has some interesting things about, and I, and I am interested in, in, uh, well, I don't know about the stories, but I'm very interested in the, in the community that y'all are building here. So, uh, yeah, I guess let's, let's do it. All right, let's go. Well, before we go or do it or take any action, please take a seat because I have a few questions to ask you, questions that could also be concerns that I want to make sure we can trust you. Is this about what you found in my bag? That wasn't mine, I promise. It, it truly, I didn't, it must have been Bertram. I, you know, it wasn't me, for real. She, I just want to put that out there. She merely elegantly raises an eyebrow and just like sweeps over and like sits in the chair. Yeah, Aaron gets kind of like a scolded schoolboy kind of vibe and, uh, and goes and sits down in the chair. Awen, do you truly believe that you would be useful to us? Well, I guess that's one of the questions that I've been asking myself is, you know, how, how will I be useful? My whole life, I just want to be useful. Um, that's kind of that's at the core. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, I want, I want to be, I want to be useful. Tapping a finger on her chin, she considers. How do your goals align with Penny and Bertram? Watching the three of you, you seem to care about them so much. And yet your background is so different. Archdruid Waldo always used to say, it's not about your hobbies or your interests. It's not about what you like and what you don't like. It's about shared experience. It's about doing life with people. Um, 
And I guess, I mean, really, when the rubber meets the road, that's kind of what we've been doing, Penny Bertram and, and myself, um, trying to figure stuff out together, saving each other's bacon. I mean, Bertram, you know, he thinks he's better than he is, and Penny likes to hide a lot, but, I mean, we've been through it together, and they've proved to be trustworthy, as far as I can tell, as far as I can throw them. Not very far for Bertram. <laughs> but. I guess it's not really about what we like and what we don't like, what we're like, who we are. It's about what we do. The little bit that I know of druids, especially druids from your area, it's quite a solitary life, isn't it, Awen? Well, that is uh, archetypical of a druid, is to be one. And yet, you crave their friendship. I, I mean, look, I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy um, my new friends. It's pretty nice to not be alone in the woods, hanging in trees. Do they have every reason to trust you, Awen? I'm not just talking about us here, but more so these two companions that you've now been with for a little bit. I feel like I've been there for them when they needed me. Um, I've done a few things. I've made a few decisions that might have been questionable. I've made some decisions hastily that, um, well, uh, put my own life in jeopardy. And I think maybe that, that they might have seen that as foolish. But I think, I, I mean, I think they trust me. She leans forward now, resting her elbows on her knees and then her head on her hands. Why did you put your own life at risk in those situations? Look, I mean, I left uh, the circle and set out for my vision quest, whatever you want to call it. I set out to become my own druid to come into my adulthood to come into my mastery of the craft something happened when i met these people they're so alive and so vibrant and they have stories and they want to experience life and they have pain that i don't understand and they have depth that i can only be invited to and i want to experience that you know I feel like I'm not fully getting to it, that you're holding back something from me. Perhaps this will help. Of course, you have every right to resist it. And she's going to cast Zone of Truth. Ooh. So with Zone of Truth, uh, I think it's a wisdom. Wisdom save? Mm-hmm, wisdom save. All right. Awen Avalon, that is an 18. Ty goes to the runner. That was the number. She is a high, she's high level. But 18 was what we we're looking for. Okay. All right. How you answer this is up to you then. You have a strong will. Plenty of wisdom, though sometimes lacking in common sense. But there's nothing wrong with that. Awen, which are you going to choose in the end? The people who rely on you? Or this pursuit of knowledge? 
Because honestly, how you came across this journal of Frankenstein's, it had a draw to it, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, I want to say, I, w- I want to say that I'm going to choose Penny and Bertram. I want it. I want that. I, I'm going to be real. I want that. But I mean, you, you heard about what happened in the castle mm-hmm. and yeah, there's a draw to it. Something, something special about that natural energy, that natural magic that, uh, that I want. I understand how that information is enticing to you, Awen. I'm a person of research myself. But it's very easy to get lost in the research, especially when we fear who we will become on the other side of it. I don't know what you saw when you looked at Frankenstein, but I wonder how much of that pulled at you to leave your friends and reach out for him instead. And how much of you is happy with that part of you? And there's nothing wrong with that struggle, Awen. But I'm very protective of the Green Hoods, and I'm very protective of those who are under us. I need to know that you'll be able to care for the people of Green Hoods versus the wonders that you're going to see out there, because the spotted hand, their research and development is going to be very strong. And you're going to be seeing a lot of examples of natural and arcane and mechanical wonders that blend in with one another. Can I rely upon you to withhold from that temptation to give in? Because they will try and draw you in. Yeah. She gives you that same look that she did for Penny earlier, where she kind of cocks her head to the side and narrows her eyes. And for a few beats, it almost seems as if she's looking in you. And whatever she sees, her eyes widen for a few fractions of a second. And her features calm, and she smiles. She's like, I believe you. You've got a battle ahead of you. But it's best you not do it alone. And she reaches out her hand towards you. I reach out and grasp it. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey there, it's me, your master teacher, Caitlin. I'm here to, of course, thank you for listening, but also to invite you to reach out to us. You can email us, omamamshow at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at omamamshow is our handle. And there you can come by, say hey, drop us some maybe awkward gifts or some funny memes. Uh, You can even give us some feedback and suggestions for future shows, future adventures you'd love to see. Works that are in public domain, including poetry, essays, short stories, plays, and novels, of course. We would love to hear from you what stories you would like to see woven into this new universe that we are creating bit by bit. We also, if you have any ideas for homebrew items or uh, just some new NPC ideas, or if you want to see certain races tested out here, please let us know. We would love to see. 
And lastly, before I go, I would like to also invite you to rate and comment for our show on the platform that you listen on because that helps us reach a wider audience and allows more people to find out about us and to listen who otherwise would have no idea we exist. So if you do, it takes only a few seconds and we would greatly appreciate that from you from the bottom of our hearts. All right, let's get back to the show, shall we? So now we finally go to the third tent in which Bertram is residing. And by now, it's been about 45 minutes uh, that you've been just chilling in there. Um, And you can't really hear anything outside, uh, but you are in here. And in yours, there have been, uh, you see the two seats, but you also see a table on the side with some glasses of water and other such refreshments. And so as if it was very clear, like this is, this was going to be the last tent. And so there were more things to, to wait with. Uh, So tell me, how does, how does Marion find Bertram when she walks in the tent? Yeah, I think she would walk in and see Bertram panicking and he is holding both chairs in his arms above his head, sitting next to the table with broken glass there. And he's fumbling around, examining everything really quickly. He's, he's looking really closely to the, all the objects and trying to examine, looking for something that he might be missing. Wait, is, is, does, he think this is, does he think this is a breakout room? Or oh, not he, a breakout room. He thinks the called? he thinks the he thinks the game hasn't really uh, ended yet. He thinks, he thinks the game hasn't ended room? yet. So yeah, I think he would see <laughs> you so walk precious. in and he would look over at you and was like, oh, oh, "We lost, didn't we? I knew we lost. I, I, oh, I couldn't think of it quick enough. There must have been. I couldn't understand the clues. What what, what do the chairs mean in the water? What what did it mean? Who figured it out? Bertram." What are you even saying? And what are you doing? The chairs, put them back down. You keep throwing curveballs at us. I thought this was another game you were playing with us. Oh. Oh. Penny didn't beat me, did she? Don't, don't tell me if Penny beat me. I can't, I can't stand that. <laughs> I have already seen both Penny and Awen, and I apologize for making you wait so long, but th- this isn't a competition anymore, Bertram. What? What's going on? What is, what is this, then? Can you please first just put the chairs back down on the ground? Did you put Penelope through this? She went through her own ordeal. <sighs> so has she already left, then? Is she gone? Do you think that she's going to leave? I know that she doesn't trust many people. I don't think she trusts me, honestly. And you put her in a trap like this. Marion quickly strides over, plucks one of the chairs from your grasp, because as far as I know, you're still holding them aloft. And she gingerly sets it down and sits in it, squares her shoulders towards you, and gives, heaves a heavy sigh. <sighs> Bertram, do you think that Penny is going to leave you? I mean, it, 
she only says it like every other, every other sentence when I'm speaking to her. I don't even think it's a threat anymore. I just think it's a promise at some point. How does that make you feel? I think Bertram would, uh, he's contempl- as he's contemplating that and seeing Marion sitting down very elegantly and, and very proper, I think he would put his seat down right in front of her, almost like his knees touching her knees, like very close. And he would almost like fall or like float into his seat <laughs> and sit right in front, like way too close, way too uncomfortable, but would sit right in front of her. She doesn't flinch. People always go eventually. It's, that's the life of a, of a robot, I suppose. Being around other people who don't live quite as long. Bertram, you just responded with a bit of an adage about life, but you didn't tell me how you feel. Do you often get asked about your feelings? Hmm. Not everyone asks. I don't, I don't think everyone cares what I have to say or what I think or what I feel. A few people have asked me. I guess I don't think about it that often. Is that weird? Is that weird that I don't think about those things? I don't think anyone would be interested. Why would nobody be interested in what you feel? Well, I'm just a servant. Well, I was a servant. What are you now? A would-be adventurer, perhaps? I don't know. I don't know what I am. And I think I've told you and, and Robin that briefly, I think I'm looking for what's, for what's next and, and what I am, but I don't, don't exactly know what I am at the moment. I guess that's what I want to push into, Bertram. You see, when you have a cause such as ours, you have a greater chance of succeeding when you are built upon people who know their place in the world as well as they know what they want to get out of it. And yet here you are, kind of adrift. And you have told us several times that you were built to serve. Or that you do serve. Or you used to serve. Yes. I must say that everything in my childhood and how I was growing up told me every time I met a Warforged or any automaton or robot that they were there to help me. But then here you are. You can help me. But you are showing yourself so much more than that. You are showing yourself to be very capable of making your own decisions. You've probably noticed that there are no other warforged in our camp. Yes, I noticed that. You don't see them all the time, usually fighting, or in the background somewhere, or helping someone. That's what we're made for. We're made to... We're made with a purpose, and that purpose is usually to help someone else in someone else's mission, someone else's quest, 
And I did that for so long, and did that with a family who I lovingly served for over 100 years. I know all of these preconceived notions that people have about Warforged, and I think that's why I try so hard to buck against those trends and what people think about that. I feel like I've been fighting that idea in people's minds my whole life. And maybe I spend so much time trying to be proper and elegant and respectful and courageous that I don't take much time to think about how I feel. I haven't... don't have time for that. You say that you were programmed to serve. How did you know that? Well, Lord Featherfoot, Master Featherfoot would tell me that every day. It was a reminder, a daily reminder, as I was put in my place and what he would need help with day to day. You remember very quickly where your place is when you're cleaning up after someone, doing all their chores and tidying up the house. Not your house, but someone else's house. There's reminders everywhere when you look for them. You asked if I noticed if there was Warforged here. Yes, I noticed that immediately. Again, there's reminders everywhere. There are so many things about you that make me question much more, and I, I want to say thank you for that. I appreciate that you are pushing me out of my comfort zone. I try and do that with Awen and Penelope, and they never thank me. <laughs> I think you'll have to push a lot harder to get them out of their comfort zone. Again, you, you asked Penelope questions like this, and she stayed? No, Willingly? I asked Penelope her own questions. Did you have to tie her down? And Awen was drunk and couldn't know up from down. I don't know how those conversations mm. went. I guess all I'll divulge about Awen is, yes, he was quite upside down when I found him, but we righted him very quickly. Though I guess I can't blame him for making me look like this. I, look I was about to ask, like, do, do you, yeah, it's, it, that effect from the wand lasts, I think, for like one to two hours. So it's, it's been less than that time. You are still covered in this. It only lasts <laughs> for an hour or two? Crystal. Oh, yeah, no, and I've yeah. wasted it in here. Oh, no. Well, you, you look fabulous, Bertram, and, and this is a good look on you. You, you do bring, I, I forget what it was earlier, but you do bring a certain grace and glamour. You do. But something that's catching my attention, Bertram, is you believe you were programmed only to serve because that is what you were told over and over again. That is the narrative that's been shared to you from outside forces. I mean, I am called an envoy. I'm made with a purpose. I'm not made to... But is that to... your only purpose? That is what I'm asking. Don't you get to choose your purpose? Don't you get to write your story? That's what others have told me too, and that's, that's why I'm out here. If I didn't agree with that, then I would have never left the manor. I would have never stepped out on my own and, and gone on these adventures. So no, yes, I, I absolutely agree with that. But it's new to me. I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm trying. You certainly are. And you have people here who 
can show you a lot and are more than willing to. And it's going to take some changing of, I guess you could say, preconceived notions for people here. There can still be people who are fighting on our side that are going to make wrong decisions in how to treat one another. And I hope that you'll have patience for that. I've learned that skill very, very well over the years. Bertram, here's where I need to get to the bottom of this before we go any further. Will you be able to serve alongside us, not because you are programmed to or told that you have to, not out of a sense of duty, but because you care about the individuals and maybe even love them? Can you feel that? There's reminders everywhere about what people think of Warforged and how we're viewed. If I surround myself and continue to surround myself with people who can remind me of how they see me and how I see myself and who those who have loved me see me, I need those reminders. And I think that's why I've always appreciated Awen and Penelope. They've always spoken to me as an equal. Maybe even superior to them sometimes. They wouldn't admit it, but... <laughs> I've always appreciated them. And I think that's why I've, at least for the moment, bound myself to them. And I trust them. And if you and your compatriots could see me the same way and give me the respect and honor and dignity that all of us deserve, then yes, I think I, I, can, I can do that, and much more. Tilting your head slightly and looking at you, it only lasts a moment. Her face immediately breaks into a large, gleaming smile. And she holds out her hand towards you, saying, Bertram, the honor would be mine if you'd work alongside me and not under me. Yeah, I, would t- I, I reach out and, and take her hand kind of inquisitively, and I would lean forward and say, So we, we did win that race, yes? <laughs> yes, Bertie. You, you and won. the chairs aren't a clue of any, of any sort? No. The and, table uh, and the water. No, no, no clue. No. No, okay. no clues. Okay. Just, just refreshments. Let's go find the others. Bertram, as, as you and Marion exit the tent, you see just the, the clearing that you guys were in before underneath the leaves and the trees um, with just swaying softly in the wind. And you see mm, maybe 20 feet ahead of you, Awen and Penny are, I don't know what position you guys would be in, um, but they're both listening to Robin, who is excitedly and animatedly telling a story, um, you know, using her hands and hopping around as if she was from your distance at first, you can't tell, is she impersonating a skunk or is she doing some kind of weird dance? 
but as you get closer, you overhear. And that's how, really, if you mix the two, you get the perfect Fluffernutter sandwich. That's it. Oh, good, you guys are back. So, uh, you guys in? Bertram? Yes, I'm in. I'm in all the way. As long as Awen and Penelope are with me, your team will be mighty strong and swift at defeating this spotted hand. Clapping her hands together, she lets out a huzzah! And uh, you hear like some like other members like in other areas, they hear this huzzah, which they're probably used to, and they answer back with their own. Um, and so she's like, okay, great, because we really need your help. <laughs> with getting my son back, Crusoe is just, he's been, as far as I know, he's been in the clutches of the enemy for a couple days now. And we hadn't heard anything of him. And so we need to figure out a plan to break him out. We are just waiting on intel. And just as she's saying that, you hear, you see this, this hobgoblin. And a hobgoblin is kind of like a, um, an Arukai, like the, the best way I can say that if you've ever seen uh, Lord of the Rings, or just like a, a, a large um, orc, but they're usually like redder, brownish skin, got the black hair, um, kind of a buffer orc, like just larger just comes huffing up and he this guy's huge you know he's just you're like man where this guy does not skip leg day or arm day or torso day or back day or neck day he's just yas so he he just like comes uh (laughs) like um huffing up (sighs) just got in this missive from from our ooh, ooh, gosh i need to stop eating all those poppers anyways uh, I just got this missive from our agent in the field. And uh, Robin eagerly snatches up. She's like, good job, little John. And she opens up the missive. Shit. And Marion hurries to her side. What, 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 what is it? Of all the places they could have taken him to. Damn it. Time to get you three suited up in your cloaks. Because we're sending you to the deadliest nightmare of a prison anyone has ever heard of. Monte Cristo. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You found the heart! She found a key to the heart. On the quest of a lifetime, three best friends take on a harrowing journey. Your mind and body will be tested in these upcoming weeks, as well as your heart. Where more is at stake than a gift from the gods. Being with Alpina and I is going to be... Weird? Not bad weird, just, uh, different. Everything's different on the water. When new friends meet, you have an office? Where do you think I do all the pirate business? Pirates have business? It's a parchment nightmare. And family secrets are revealed. We could be twins. 
Yes, I've noticed. This young crew of adventurers will learn what it takes to complete the deadly journey to the heart. It's not like an island could set a trap for us. What? Lightning fog? Are you kidding me? But is getting what they want worth losing what they have? I was happy with you and Charlie. Was? Look at us! How could I be? Journey to the Heart. Now available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Tune in each week and vote for where you think the story should go next. What we-